Hello, my dear friends. Hope you're doing well. Mike Creep here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We're going to talk about why clients fail and what to do about it. I can give you the number one quote unquote hack for marketing and selling is to get really good results for your clients. One, they'll refer you more clients. Those are the best kind of clients to have. Number two, what you say in your marketing is so much more powerful when you're talking about client results than when you're talking about empty promises. If you can say, here's a case study. If you can say, here's what we did with this client last week. If that's your marketing, marketing is going to be easy and it's going to be significantly more powerful than any other strategy, tactic, et cetera, which means in the hierarchy of things to prioritize and focus on, client results is first, then translating those results into marketing speak is second. And then determining what the strategy is to get that marketing speak in front of as many people as possible is third. Same with sales. Here's the most powerful sales call you can have. Oh yeah, you know the other week, I actually closed somebody exactly like you. Here's the results we got them. Would you be interested in me getting you those results as well? You can't have a more powerful sales call than that. You don't need tricks. You don't need to try and manipulate people emotionally. You get good results for clients. That's how you can have really good sales and really good marketing. Now, unfortunately, this is the hard part, right? Because there's a lot of factors that are involved in getting a client a result. We're going to talk about four reasons why clients don't get results. There are four of many, uh, but they're a good starting point to kind of determine where you are at with your business and how you can improve that. So you can have easy sales and marketing and really just a much easier business. It's so much easier when clients are happy. That is a fun business to run. (laughs) When clients aren't happy, that's when things get messy. And we've all gone through it. We've every single business owner. Don't let anyone fool you. I've worked with all the major gurus. They've all had unhappy clients. That's part of the game. Okay. You can't please everyone. I'm going to give you some ideas and there will still be human beings who buy from you and figure out how to mess everything up. That's just part of the game. It's part of the process. But if we can try and get more of our clients, better results, it is such a fun business, especially if you have a team. If you want to have a really great team culture, Create offers that get people results and then just share those results with the team and say, look at what we're doing. Good teams want to do good work, right? The kind of teams we want, the teams that do good work, they want to do good work. So it all comes back to the offers you have, who you're serving and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so let's get into it. Number one, one reason that clients fail is because they lack clarity. They don't know specifically what the outcome is of the thing that they just purchased, I'll give you an example. This is very common in group coaching. So I have to be very, very careful when you design your group coaching offer. You think that someone is buying your group coaching because of reason A, but they actually bought it because of reason B, but you don't deliver reason B. And the reason they think reason B is even an option is because you were not clear in describing the outcome of your thing. So this is why you go out into the market and you have these big, broad, nebulous, not specific offers, why they're so difficult to scale is because you bring people into them and they're what? They are like, what did I just buy? This is not what I thought it was, right? This is why specificity is so important, not just in marketing, but in the actual delivery of the thing that somebody paid you for. You have to make sure that people are buying the thing for the reason you say you can help them or for the reason that you think you're selling the thing for. So specificity and outcomes is so critical. So, so critical. It is underrated as a tactic, meaning a lot of people just don't talk about it. And it's definitely underutilized in the help industry. It's so underutilized. You go to McDonald's, right? You know exactly what you're getting. They have the picture of it. Here's the price. You know, like it's all very clear what you're buying and how much you're buying it for. The help industry struggles tremendously with this. I can't tell you how many programs I bought this year. And I've been in this business for 15 plus years. How many offers I bought in the last year? where I could have sworn on the sales call 
And my team, because I always involve my team with these purchases, they could have sworn as well that something was promised to us then that wasn't promised to us, that, that actually didn't end up getting delivered in the program. It's, it's underrated as a skill, uh, as, as a tactic as well. So clarity of outcome, that's important. Their, the clarity of their role in achieving that outcome. Okay, so if you're in the help business, I don't care if you are a 100% hands-off, done-for-you service provider, where the client doesn't have to do anything, we get you a bunch of money. They have a role in that outcome. For group coaching, for courses, for anything less than pure hands-off, you know, done-for-you, they have a role. And a lot of clients have no idea what that role is. A lot of people in the help business think that it should be obvious, and it isn't. And unless you, like, I wish there was a way, this is my secret wish in business, I wish there was a way that everyone in business would have an opportunity on the first day of business to hire people, to be a client. Because there's a lot of business owners who've never actually been a client before, and so they don't actually know what it's like. And so they have these expectations for what a client should be or how they should act, when they themselves, if they were a client, would be 10 times worse. So what you can do is uh, to ensure that the clients get better results is to help them fully understand what their role and expectations ought to be and their contribution to the outcome of whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. The second lack of clarity is when the client doesn't understand your role in achieving that outcome. There's always this push in online marketing and selling to minimize minimize. Don't let people know how many steps there actually are. Make it sound easier than it actually is. Make it sound less than it actually is. And what I'm telling you is when you do that, it's called blind copy. When you run blind copy, your dissatisfaction from clients goes up every single time. Refund rates go up, upset clients go up. Why? Because let me give you the perfect example. You may have experienced this. Somebody buys from you, you bust your backside, you give them everything, you do everything you can, and they're sitting there and they're singing to themselves, why am I even paying you? I got, you know, this isn't even what I'm, there's this uh, sense of, um, you could say lack of gratitude, but I don't really believe that clients should constantly be like groveling or anything like that. They paid you money for crying out loud, right? Like they gave you the thanks in, in terms of money, but there's this sort of attitude where they, they think to themselves or, or you perceive that what they are thinking is that you aren't working hard enough or that you didn't give them half the time, if not more, it's because they didn't even realize how much you had done because you were hiding it. You didn't say what it was. You didn't tell them, hey, I just put in 40 hours this week on this one thing. Or, hey, we just had seven people on our team tell you exactly what to do and you haven't done it, right? Like that kind of communication of the role that you are playing in their outcome is often why clients fail. And the lack of it is why they fail because they don't see what you're doing, especially if you're, you know, if you're doing all this stuff digitally and you're trying to minimize communication and you're trying to you know, hide behind the computer and all that stuff, you have to be careful that you don't let clients get to a point where they're sitting there thinking, hey, I'm doing all the work over here because that's hardly ever the case, right? And so having that uh, clarity helps them be like, oh, you know what, you're right, and et cetera. Now we're talking about the rational clients. We'll talk about the irrational clients here in a second. The second reason, or one of the many reasons, is that they lack emotional buy-in. Convincing somebody to buy something is step one. Convincing them to then keep going is the more important step two. So if you find that your clients are struggling, again, group program, done for you, whatever it might be, it might be because they have forgotten why they bought. They may have lost the emotional connection. Or maybe they never had an emotional connection in the first place. They just bought because somebody told them you were the best. They came as a referral. Hey, you're the best. I'm going to hire you. 
those clients, to be honest, tend to have the least emotional buy-in because they weren't necessarily um, self-guided uh, purchases, meaning somebody told them where to go and they went there and they bought it rather than they found you, they fell in love with your stuff, they, you know, they themselves booked themselves on your calendar, and etc. So you have to be able to give your clients a reason for the things you're asking them to do. And that can be done in a lot of ways. It can be done in the program itself, the course itself, the done-for-you offer itself. It can also be done in this kind of content that I'm doing now. Right? I can create nurture content as little reminders. Hey, keep going. Don't stop. Yeah, I know things are hard right now. The world's kind of a hot mess, but keep going. Remember, this is why you're in the program. Remember, this is... And then that's one way you can do it. You can also have, like, we have, we have accountability coaches. So we have t- people in our, in our core program that literally, genuinely, once a week meet with our clients to make sure they're on task, to make sure the communication of what their expectations are, to make sure they have the emotional buy-in, to keep them moving, keep them grooving. With our done-for-you offers, we have the same kind of thing, right? These are expenses that we deem necessary to ensure our clients get results. Yeah, you've noticed we haven't talked about tactics. We haven't talked about, you know, how long your lesson should be. We haven't talked about any of that stuff. The the main reasons that clients quit is because they're human beings, and human beings need certain things. Emotional buy-in, clarity, Number three, what human beings need is, let me take a look at my list here. Oh, this is, <laughs> this one is a real problem. And it has to do with people in the help business being new at delivering results, but getting access to PhD level marketing and sales. If you really stop and think about it, I know I hammer on the gurus a lot, but if you actually stop and think about it, one of the beautiful things that has occurred in internet marketing is the access to absolute top-shelf marketing and sales advice. Stuff that is unbelievably effective. Stuff that is inexpensive to deploy. I mean, it is so easy to access good sales and marketing that sometimes I think new entrepreneurs outpace their operational abilities with marketing and sales tactics that are kind of, they go a little too fast for what they are actually capable of delivering. And here's how that shows up. This is number three. Some of your clients might be failing because you should not have sold them in the first place. They shouldn't have been allowed to buy from you. And this seems like advice that flies in the face of all the sales and marketing, right? Sales and marketing is get as many people, let everybody buy, but real business, okay? Outside of just sales and marketing, the team that has to fulfill, your, your ability to actually deliver to people who can, per, who can you know, get the result. In real business, it matters who buys from you. I'm always hammering this point, so I'm going to hammer it again. I apologize. I feel like a broken record. If you don't know who your dream client is and what characteristics they must possess before the sale, you need to get on that this weekend. <laughs> you need to just stop whatever you're doing. I mean, you know, don't stop your marketing and selling, but clear some time. Make some room and ask yourself, who do I actually want to work with? Who can I actually help? And what do they have to have in order to be successful in my thing? Let me give you an example. You have to, if you want to buy our very top shelf, most guaranteed, done for you, double your money back uh, funnel uh, process that we do. It's our guaranteed earnings uh, process. We have a list of prerequisites that you must meet in order for us to be able to deliver on that promise. One of them is you need to have uh, an offer of a certain price point that you've already sold before. Because if you don't have that, 
There is nothing I can do. There's no magic. There's no strings. There's no, uh, there, I can't call up Mark Zuckerberg and make your ads one penny a pop. There's nothing we can do to make your thing work if you don't have that specific offer. I remember when I first discovered this many years ago. It sounds so simple now, <laughs> but I'm going to share this with you because, you know, sometimes you can be as dumb as me and still be successful. It's just a, maybe it's a little harder to <laughs> do it that way. But I remember the first time I learned this was as a copywriter. When I first started taking copy jobs, what do you think I did? I took whoever would pay me and people would buy my copy and I'd write it for them. Two weeks later, they'd come back and say, this copy didn't make me rich. And I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like it just was this horrible experience until I realized if I sold copy to somebody who didn't have an email list of at least 10,000 people, there's no way they were going to be able to make that copy, make them money. And so I said, I only write for uh, people who have an email list of 10,000 or more. And what do you think happened? Every time I wrote an email, it what? It made them a bunch of money. Every time I wrote them a sales letter, it what? It made them a bunch of money. Why? Because they had the thing that would turn the thing I created into actual money for them. Give you another example. People who run uh, Facebook ads working with people who don't have any ad budget. Of course your Facebook ads are going to be terrible. You need to, like, you have to have budget to make Facebook ads work. You got to do testing. You got to have the first couple weeks of the algorithms to work. That's all the kind of stuff that clients need to have before you take their money. Uh, another example. Let's just say for, uh, you know, maybe some of the softer offers. Let's say that you are a relationship coach who helps, um, couples on the verge of divorce save their marriage. Maybe you have found over the last 15 years of doing this or over the last year of doing this, it doesn't matter, you don't have to have decades of experience. Maybe you found over the last year, the kind of marriage you can't save is the one who has had serious infidelity. You just haven't figured out how to make it work. Maybe it's possible, maybe other people can make it work, but you haven't figured out how to make it work. And you notice every time you take a client who has serious infidelity and that person doesn't want to acknowledge it, that you can't help them. So in your sales and marketing process, you would say, I can help all kinds of marriage problems except for those who have had infidelity and secrets and they refuse to reveal those secrets. If you're the kind of person who da 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 right, that might be something you have to do to adjust in your marketing and selling. But I can promise you what will happen is you'll have tons of happy clients <laughs> because you will have avoided the ones who aren't capable. They're literally not even capable even with the clarity, even with the emotional buy-in, they are not capable of getting the result that you are trying to deliver, whether in a program, a course, or a done-for-you offer. Next, and this is another big common one, is that you yourself have not given yourself enough resources to deliver the outcome. Okay, You yourself have not given yourself the resources to deliver the outcome. One way that this shows up is you're not charging enough. It's the age-old issue with many people in the help industry. You undercharge, which means you need more clients in order to meet your own you know, monthly bills. You have to take on so many clients that you can't focus on any clients very well. And as a result, the clients get less results or fewer results or a, a, a worse experience. And because you're undercharging, you have to get more clients, but these clients are angry. And so your operational uh, tempo expands to where it's just crazy making and you don't, you're not even making the money and, and it's just this horrible cycle, right? Charging the right prices to deliver the outcome. Our guaranteed service, for example, the one where we, we double the money that you, you work with us, it is not cheap, okay? It's very, very expensive. Very, very expensive. Because it needs to be. The amount of resources that we have to dedicate to actually pull that promise off is hefty. 
our group programs are not cheap because we have accountability coaches, tons of Q&As, there's a bunch of stuff that we do that has operational costs associated because that's what we have discovered for us is what is required to help create the outcomes that are delivered for the people that buy from us. So sometimes you might say, I'm going to help people achieve this incredible outcome, but I only want them to watch videos. It's possible that the outcome you're trying to deliver for someone needs more than videos to help them deliver it, right? So you may have heard me in other uh, podcast episodes talk about the power of changing your fulfillment model, how you deliver results. This is one of those scenarios. You may have the wrong promise associated with the assets you've created to deliver that promise. So it's not just about money. It could be the actual way you are trying to fulfill might be incorrect, right? Now, I'm not an expert in health or nutrition at all, okay? So this is just an example. I could be completely wrong, but let me just give you an example as I see it in my mind. I can tell you that it would be hard for me to design a program that helps someone, say, for example, reverse insulin resistance without some kind of accountability element, not a self-guided accountability element, excuse me, but quite general, like quite sincerely, uh, a person contacting you every day, texting you every day and saying, did you stick to whatever, the keto today or whatever, did you stick to your meal plan, right? It'd be hard for me to imagine a scenario where a couple of videos is going to help somebody who's struggling with, you know, stuff like food addiction. You're talking about corporate food conglomerates designing, using cutting-edge science, food to be so desirable you can't help yourself, and some videos on the internet are supposed to be able to fight against that. For me, that doesn't make no sense, right? Like, if I were to design that, and, and I wanted to promise the outcome of whatever, we can help you reverse type 2 diabetes, or whatever it is, we have this great program, it would be hard for me to realistically think that the outcome I'm trying to tackle is possible without something beyond just videos. Again, I don't know what I'm talking about in terms of the expertise of that, but that's how I would approach that. Okay, so probably your clients are failing because you have not given yourself enough resources to, um, to, to deal with that. I'll give you another example, just internally. Um, we have an incredible CMO here at Peaceful Profits. The guy is an absolute machine. Those of you who know him, Peter, you know he's like a brilliant genius. He also, for a long time, didn't have the resources he needed to deliver the outcomes he wanted to deliver for us. Right? So this, I mean, you can, you can interchange clients and team almost in any scenario. <laughs> like everything I've just said here about clarity, about emotional buy-in, about they shouldn't have been on your team in the first place. Like these are all true for team and clients. Um, but you know, th- th- you can't expect a team member to deliver a result if they don't have what they need. And sometimes you have to teach the team member this principle as well, right? So, and, and so the example with our CMO, uh, just a, 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 such a genius that he could touch pretty much anything and turn it into gold. And uh, for a long time, we were plateaued simply because no one really stopped to ask and say, hey, do you want more resources <laughs> so you can do more stuff? The second we gave him more resources, this is not a joke or an exaggeration, we accomplished more in two and a half weeks than we had in six months prior to that. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Resources allocated to outcomes, both for your clients, for your team, etc., Are you properly resourced? Do you actually have the things in place for the kind of outcomes you're looking for? We often have very high expectations of outcomes, 
on very little resources, that's great. That's entrepreneurial. That's entrepreneurialism. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, be resourceful, etc. But there are limits. And sometimes you do need to stretch and provide more resources and etc. to eat a little bit into your margin so you can have clients give you referrals and all that kind of good stuff. Okay, next. Last one, I think, here. Oh, and this is, I mean, this is so important. Okay, I've been doing this for 15 years. I've experienced all sorts of clients, every single client you can imagine. Uh, in all sorts of different niches, verticals, all sorts of different services, offerings, etc. It's a lot of different people. It's in the thousands and thousands of people that I've interacted with as clients, not, not just customers, a little bit of clients. And I'm going to tell you something about clients. <laughs> They're human beings. They are just human beings. And that means that every once in a while, you get a human being that no matter what you do, they just can't be satisfied. So one of the most important lessons on when looking at the, the question of today's episode, which is when clients fail, what should we do? Why they fail and then what should we do about it? Sometimes they fail because they're addicted to failure. Some people are literally, and I'm sure there's no science to prove this, and I'm sure that I've just pulled this out of my backside, but I genuinely and sincerely believe that there are some people who are chemically addicted to the hormones that are, that are alive and well when drama occurs in their life. There just are some people who love drama so much because of how it makes them feel. Literally how it makes them feel in their brain. Whether it's oxytocin or serotonin, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that smart. Like I said, I didn't get here because I was smart. But I, I genuinely believe there are people who are just are addicted to drama and how it makes them feel. There is nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can do about that except to stick to your principles, stick to your boundaries, don't, somebody um, mentioned this a while ago, and I apologize, I'm not going to be able to attribute it, uh, but it was a brilliant point in one of our Facebook groups, uh, in, in one of our, um, sorry, in one of our group coaching uh, programs. He said, uh, spending so much time on bad clients means you're taking away the time you could be spending on your good clients, right? So this idea that sometimes there's just humans, and humans are they're unpredictable and they're complicated creatures and we never know when we're going to meet someone at what point in their life they are and some clients don't always tell the truth right uh, you can run an ad these days on facebook in the help industry and people call you a scammer and a liar and all this kind of stuff and i just i always think of all the clients i've had who just never tell the truth and never told us what was going on and had these really big secrets and i mean it's just it's, that's human beings being human beings that's how humans are right when you expose yourself to that many humans eventually you're going to meet a couple that are uh, you know maybe shouldn't have bought from you and, and all that kind of good stuff, but maybe they weaseled their way in. I mean, it's impossible to have 100% accuracy on all this kind of stuff. But what you can have and what you ought to have are contingency plans. What are you going to do when you have that client? What is the process? What is the system for the unmanageable client? I can tell you from experience, when you don't have a system and you have an unmanageable client, everything feels very scary. It feels very chaotic. It's very distracting. If you have a system in place that you say, when you say, when this client oversteps this boundary or, or any client oversteps this boundary, when any client shows this behavior, ABC, here's what we're going to do. And you just run them through the system. Oh, that is like the definition of peaceful profits. <laughs> because no client, and, and I'm going to tell you this from experience, no client, no matter how much they're thrashing and threatening and doing whatever they're going to do, no client has the right to tear down your business, to distract you from doing the work you're doing, if you are genuinely trying to help people. Now, if you're out there scamming people, I hope you get a client that absolutely murks you and destroys everything that you're doing. But if you're truly trying to help people and you're truly trying to do your best and you're a human, you're going to make mistakes. That will happen. No client has the right to then destroy your business. No, clients don't own you. 
And, and there's a weird mentality amongst people who've hired someone for the first time. They think like, well, I give you money, therefore I own you. Ooh, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's gross. It's, I don't like it. Uh, but uh, that's not true. They don't own you. They don't have a right to your time over your time given to the people who are, you know, obeying the rules and trying to work as hard as they can to do their part to help deliver the outcome and all that kind of stuff. So having a system in place also removes the emotion of the experience because I've never had an upset client who didn't come for me as a person, right? They always will come for you as a person. They will always try to make you emotionally feel bad, gross, etc. right? It's just a, it's just a reaction. So you have to be able to remove the emotional component. Very hard to do if you're freestyle ad-libbing everything, if you're coming up with the answers on the spot. Have a system for unruly clients, and then what you can do, what you can do then is run them through the system and always have an exit plan. Meaning, if you have to abort that mission, Right? If you need to get that client out of your system because they just, even through your system, they're not complying, they're not doing what they need to do, they're being horrible, they're being awful, they're probably lying to you, they're coming at you personally, all, you know, they're not being professional, then you need to have a plan for how you're going to offboard these clients. You can't just send an email one morning and say, you're fired by goodbye and close everything down and try and hide. That's not professional. It's really bad um, because if you're thinking that the client is in an emotional state, Sending that kind of message is going to tear them into an even more emotional state. They're going to show up and, you know, saying all kinds of bad things about you on the internet and all that kind of good stuff. So not good stuff, it's bad stuff. But uh, so having a proper offboarding policy, having a proper offboarding strategy is going to be very, very important. And then the last thing I'll say on this is you especially need this system and this offboarding strategy in place if you want your team to take care of your clients. Otherwise, here's what's going to happen. If you don't have that system in place for how do we deal with horrible clients, guess what? Your team, when the horrible client comes and it's very um, unpleasant for the team member, they're going to come straight to you. Because one, if they are an awesome team member, they're going to care enough about the business to realize that they may be in a little bit over their head, right? And so they'll say, I need to go to the person, like, what should we do about this? Number two, there are, they probably didn't sign up to your business to have to deal with this person, right? So there's an issue of they want to protect you and your business. There's also an issue of this is way over my pay grade. I, didn't, I don't want to be here dealing with this, right? So if you don't have that system, every time a bad client comes, they're going straight for you. And this is how you have these business owners ending up spending all day dealing with bad customers, bad clients, and wondering, what the heck, I have this big team, how is this still filtering up to me, this is miserable, I just wanted a team that could take care of it. Well, it's because you don't have a system. You don't have a policy. So build a system, build the policy, do the other things I talked about, clarity, emotional buy-in, make sure you're putting the right people in your programs, make sure you have the right resources allocated to the outcomes you're trying to deliver. But then the, the actual policy of dealing with the unruly clients, the clients who no matter what you do, you're not gonna be able to help them. Make it clear, make it make sense, step by step, remove the emotion, and then your team will be able to handle it. Do you wanna know how many problematic clients I've dealt with in the past month? The answer is zero. And don't let anyone fool you. <laughs> we are a scaled business, okay? Every scaled business has problematic customers and clients. So we have them just like everybody else. Don't let the gurus fool you. Trust me, guys, I've been working for these gurus for a long time. Some of the stuff that goes in behind the scenes of some of these guys is insane. Uh, but 
anyway, so there are upset customers. There's probably an upset client or two, but my team has the policies and the systems to be able to deal with it. Now, our policy is to try to work the client to the outcome, okay? We want every single one of our clients to get the outcome that they came to us for. And because we have coaching elements in our business, coaching a client to correct behavior is part of our policy even for the worst clients. So this is another element. I think sometimes some people are very quick to jettison clients, not realizing that, they, that part of their responsibility may actually have been to correct the behavior that was manifesting. Right? Example, client comes to us. Well, I bought your thing and I'm not rich yet. Or I bought your thing and I don't have $100 million. First thing we do, okay, tell us a little bit about what you've done. Had this happen, I think, maybe a couple months ago. Client came in, wanted all these great results. We were like, yes, we have the support. They were properly resourced. Here's your emotional buy-in. Here's the clarity of what you need to do. A couple weeks later, months later, I don't remember, client comes in and says, hey, um, I haven't gotten any results and you guys are the worst. And we say, okay, well, let's see about that. Let's take a look at what you've done. Turns out, didn't do a single thing that was asked of him as a client. Now, we could have just said, bye, see ya, booted him out of whatever the thing is that we're doing. But what? who does that help? That doesn't help anybody. So we sat him down, we worked it through, we showed him where, if you want to be serious about this thing, here's what you need to do. We gave him the clarity, we reestablished clarity, we reestablished the emotional why. Client's doing fine. Imagine if we had just booted them, right? So this idea of building a system around unruly clients isn't about what's the fastest way to get these problematic people out of our lives. It's understanding where people can go wrong, how the human element can be a part of it, and how can you rectify that and avoid the situation where you're just kicking clients to the curb, right? That's not helpful to anybody. The client is out the time, they might be out the money, you now have to worry about somebody that you've upset, they're out there running around, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's really only the most extreme cases that you ever truly have to like fire fire. Um, we always try to help people. That's what we try to do. Uh, it's, just, it's just better for everybody. So anyways, I could go on about this stuff for a very, very long time because it's undertaught. Everyone wants to focus on sales and marketing, but this is really how you build a strong business in the help industry. You sit around thinking of ideas wondering about better, more efficient ways to deliver outcomes for the people who pay you. And then thinking, what happens if it doesn't work perfectly the first time because I'm working with human beings and just coming up with ideas, coming up with strategies. This is some high value work to spend time thinking about this kind of stuff. Okay, that's it my friends. If you would like help with any of this kind of thing, if you'd like to scale the number of clients, if you'd like help working on an offer that does this kind of stuff, um, if you wanna help on uh, attracting, attracting the right people, maybe you listen to this and you realize, ooh, I think I'm attracting the wrong people. If you want help on uh, systemizing for dealing with people, anything like that, give us a call, peacefulprofits.com forward slash call. We have all sorts of offers. And I can promise you one thing, we will not sell you anything if you're not a good fit. We do, what do they say? We do uh, eat our own soup that we make or whatever, whatever the saying is, we do uh, walk the talk. So uh, again, that's peacefulprofits.com forward slash call. Give us a ring, let us know how we can help you. Again, lots of options. And uh, if you're a good fit, fantastic. If not, we may even have some other recommendations for you uh, elsewhere. So that's it, my friends. Hope you have a good one. We'll talk to you later.